Britain is about to witness the birth of robot wars. They're still making final adjustments. Three, two, one. Hello everyone and welcome to Activate the Robot Wars podcast. I am Benji, also the Hitman. Along with me, fire up the time machine, it's Robbie Harmlessly. Wee, hello. That <laughs> intro is probably going to be the most professional sounding part of this podcast episode. <laughs> it's our first bonus episode. But we have no choice. There is no Robot Wars this week. And instead of going back to the original season two, during the middle of doing the new season two, we figured we'd do... A nice little bonus, something more standalone, and we now realise very difficult to review. (laughs) This is going to be probably our most amateur sounding podcast since the early days, I think. So basically, Rob was in a very dark corner of YouTube, (laughs) where lots of very dust-covered, forgotten videos lay cobwebbed. You know, we're talking obscure stuff. Robot Wars from America... From 1994. The original Robot Wars. It was American first, and then the idea got pitched to the UK, and then Robot Wars over here happened, and then there was stuff that went on involving the copyright and whatever, the rights to Robot Wars in America, and that's why BattleBots came along after that. There's a whole long story regarding how it came to the UK, how BattleBots came to be, why Robot Wars in the United States disappeared, we won't get into that this episode. <laughs> one day we'll probably, yeah, maybe one day we'll do a bonus history of robot combat episode where yeah. we'll go through all of that. That'll probably be quite fun. It would probably be a better idea than what we're about to do, which is try to review. It's not really an episode, more of an event from 1994, I guess. All we have at our disposal is random collages of annoying music and robots fighting all sort of mishmashed together from what appears to be an episode of the discovery channel investigates robot fighting or something so let's uh let's sum it up in order these are the videos we've watched in order and therefore we'll kind of be reviewing in order although really it's a review of the whole thing as it is so we're going to end up talking about the same fights more than once over the course of it because unless we wanted to spend hours here putting notes together it would uh it would just be ridiculous for what it is as well i don't think there's going to be any structure to this conversation whatsoever because there's no structure to the videos it's fitting because there was no structure to what we watched but to sum it up we've got a promo video that we start with i don't know where it's from it's relatively well edited it's more about introducing the roboteers so if you wanted to watch it, go onto YouTube, search Robot Wars 1994, and you will know what we're talking about. The next videos after that are two highlight videos, which are very amateurly made. And we'll get into how amateurly made when we get to those ones. Mm. And then the final one appears to be from an episode of some old show on Discovery Channel. Yeah, like you said, it's kind of investigating robot combat, which is the best video, I'd say, in terms of editing and making it look spectacular. That's the closest they'll get. Let's do a quick rundown of the 16 bots. Not like we normally do. We don't know how these were made or what's in them. But we can do a quick description of each one, sort of. Let's start with Andy Royd. This nightmare of a bot. (laughs) (laughs) This sets the tone as well as to what Robot Wars was like in 1994. This is a kid on a tricycle. It is literally, it is. It's like, um, I don't know, like a mannequin on a tricycle. A kid mannequin on a tricycle or something. There's no weapon to speak of. There's a piece of string hanging off the back. With like a tin can tied to the end. <laughs> and that somehow works at one point as well. It gets another robot caught in it, which is unreal. I don't know, it makes me feel very uncomfortable. It looks like something out of a horror movie. It's reminiscent of uh, the kid from The Shining when he's travelling about the hotel on the tricycle, but replace the kid with some sort of dead-eyed figurine mannequin thing. Ventriloquist doll, I think. Yeah, that would be it, yeah. And um, they've put a red baseball cap on him, and they've dressed him up all nice, and then they're sending him out to get cut up by robots. And it's something incredibly sinister about this bot. Great Uh, pun on the name, though. Yeah, Andy Royd. Andy Royd. 
Android. 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 Oh, what a bizarre way to start already. I don't even know what to think. That was the first <laughs> robot we saw and we were like, what? So uh, what's your predictions on that book, Ruff? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it has no weapons. It's just a tricycle with a, a ventriloquist dummy on the top of it. That is the robot. <laughs> so next, I think we've got Satoru Special. Is that right? Yes. Which is just, a, I think, a deconstructed remote control car. Yeah. With a vertical saw held on an arm. Yeah. Out the front yeah. of it. It's also tiny. Is this the jet propulsion one? Or is that a different one? Yeah, I think you're right. I think this one had some kind of jet propulsion, which I don't see the point of. Like, a saw isn't an impact weapon, but whatever. Like, no. trying to get into the <laughs> it's, it's, details it's here yeah, yeah. is nuts as it is. Our next machine is the South Bay Mauler. Which has just twin maces hanging from it. And it spins around really fast. Spinning flails. Uh, it's yeah. been tried n- numerous times. I suppose you could say a very basic rudimentary version of nuts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just spinning wildly out of control with the maces hanging off it and stuff like that. Was this the one where the guy who'd made it was a bit unnerving? He was into it, wasn't he? He was, he was proper he, into it. He was hanging was. red meat from the maces. Yeah, like putting meat on them. Yeah. Which is so... It's, yeah. it's so bizarre. Imagine that in Robot Wars today. Imagine if Carbide put like a bit of meat on the end. There, of are, there are a lot of spinner. things that happen here that would definitely not be allowed in modern Robot Wars. That's oh, for definite. Yeah, we'll get onto the arena yeah. after talking about the boss. Okay, so X1. It's a six-wheel drive flipper. The flipper appears to be a small spike that can lift up off the bot. Potential, I guess. Nothing seems to have thought of self-writing at this point in time. So no. it could it could win it could win this one. It's X1. Not, not terrible design. No, it's not terrible. <laughs> for, for the time, for 23 years ago, the bare basic design of this robot is incorporated today. The Beetle. Made of wood. Proper wooden bot. A Probably where most of his weight comes from, because I think it was a heavyweight. <laughs> was it? That's what it said. I don't know what counts as a heavyweight in this point in time. Just sort of has a spike on the front, is that? Is that it, basically? A spike that doesn't work on the front? I think it's supposed to hook and, like, grab things, kind of. I don't think it worked. I think is the point that comes across. Um, Old school Rambot, sort of. Yeah, basically, pusher at that point. The master. Probably the only machine that seems to have any potential here. I, I, I want to describe it without sounding rude or phallic. But it was like two round balls, four wheels, and then a protruding saw. You know? Am I describing it right? Yeah, there's a saw coming out the front. It looks like Axelbots do. Yeah. Like Gabriels and and your whatnots. It is quite a legendary machine, the Master. This is probably the most successful of the old school American robot wars in general. It's the only robot in the whole competition that actually looks like there is any element of danger to it, because that saw is pretty good for its time. I think it's the only machine we see do direct damage of its weapon, or at least significant damage of its weapon. Okay, so it actually competed in Season 2 and 5 of BattleBots. The Master. Yeah, according to this. But it's a legendary it it's machine. The one. Yeah, yeah. It's a legendary so it's, machine. That's been around for a while, hasn't it? That's, it's still a fair design as well. To be fair, that Axelbot... Look to it, updated with completely new parts, and maybe a big vertical spinner instead of a saw. That's still a fair machine, the Master. The basic design of it is probably the most well-aged out of all of them in this whole event that we watch here from 1994. It's basically just a very rudimentary thwackbot, then, I guess. With a with a big weapon, so a saw thwackbot. Saw thwackbot. Hugely ahead of its time. Very much ahead of its time, I'd yeah. say. It's the, like I said, this is the only one that really has an element of danger to it. <laughs> Consider, and again, when we talk about the arena itself, this is probably the only machine that was really, really dangerous to have out there. <laughs> Especially when fighting the beetle, which it does. Which is made because of wood. there's just wooden chippings everywhere. Exactly. 
what what chance did Beetle have? That's a good point. Okay, have we got more bots? I think we have. We do. There is Julie Bot. Julie Bot. Julie Bot is a wedge with a doll's head on top of it that speaks. Which is supposed to distract the opponents. The opponents are supposed to aim for it, which is A, assuming that the other robots can aim in this mm-hmm. <laughs> in this event, and B, assuming the robots themselves can hear and will be attracted to this creepy-looking disembodied head on top of a wedge bot. And he was so close to his wedge bot design. The only problem yeah, is it's, yeah. it's nowhere near the floor. It's like no, six inches off the floor. Exactly. It doesn't work as a wedge at all. <laughs> yeah, because It the wedge can't get underneath is, anything. It's impossible for it to get underneath anything because it's so f- high off, off the ground. The ground clearance is huge. You could probably put a whole hand under that thing. It's, so it's a very strange looking thing. It's a but very, I mean, very strange It would have fit in with probably like the original first series of Robot Wars. You know, where we were seeing things like Elvis. <laughs> God, Do you know what I mean? Right, yeah. And um, what was the E.T. bot called? The alien ship with a little alien inside it? Reality. Real E.T. E.T. Real E.T. Reality. No, you're right. It has a hey. spike on the back which has used this main weapon. This does look like something from um, the first series of Robot Wars, but with, that was only a four, three, four years later anyway, to be fair. So. Yeah, yeah. So not that far ahead of there in time. Doolittle. We don't see much of Doolittle. It's no. the one that is just a big pair of tracks. Oh, yeah. That does ring a tracks, bell. basically. But we won't ever reference that bot again now. No. Another one we will reference, though, is Spiny Norman. Spiny Norman is a tiny, tiny bot with lots of spikes coming off it. Basically a hedgehog. Weaponless, other than the spikes, I guess. Well, how could you put a weapon on that thing? It's tiny. It is a tiny, tiny bot. Rodent-sized and just spiky. (laughs) Other great bots include... We can't remember the name of this one. That's literally what it says on the screen. Or this one. (laughs) Even though that one was clearly X1. And then it says, or this one. And it was like a bot with the wheels made of actual saws, like saw blades. Yeah, oh, I swear we never see that one in action, ever. See, I don't think... I think the idea is we didn't see it in action because it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, how, how the <laughs> hell was it going to move? Its wheels were just literally saw blades. Yeah, you can't What move. did they... It just scratched the floor helplessly. Yeah. Sparks everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I like the the creativity of it. In a a fictional world, that is a monster. In a reality, that can't move. Reality. There's also the big forklift thing, which we later learn is called Tiny Tim, Ah. which is huge. It is the front of a forklift with wheels. It's massive. It towers over every other bot. It never uses the forklift, though. It just sort of swings about, helplessly beating. Sort of had it rigged up with some string and everything, but it never actually came into play. Yeah, it never worked. No. Omega X Machina. AKA AKA the Pain Mower. Our first spinner. An actual spinner. It's a bar spinner. It's an actual bar spinner. (laughs) Now, when you watch it in action, it appears to go uh, around, I don't know, one RPM (laughs) with the bar spinner itself maybe weighing 500 grams, but it's still a spinner. It's still a spinner. I mean, when you actually see the impact it makes, it doesn't. (laughs) But it's still a spinner. And that's cool. And then after that, they just sort of throw together Team Minus Zero into the mix. What's that all about? I think... That's one we see a lot. I think that is the one that's kind of um, shaped in a half cylinder. Oh, okay. We see that one getting beaten up a lot, and that's the only time we ever see that. Was there any others? No, we didn't mention about them the name Omega X Machina. Oh, Omega X Machina. Yeah. So what did we figure that out as? So X Machina, like Deus Ex Machina, so mm-hmm. of the machine. Yeah. Omega, only thing I can think of, sign for ohms. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's a play on words because it could also then mean end of the machine. Sort of, I guess. I, guess. I mean, Omega, it's just people use it to mean last because it's the last letter of yeah. the Greek alphabet. I guess it's got its other name, the pain mower. Yeah, I still feel like there was a very smart guy on the team who came up with this clever play on words using Latin. And then his teammate was like, yeah, but what about the pain mower? <laughs> and they just had to go along with it. <laughs> Considering some of the backstage interviews. <laughs> you couldn't tell for definite. One guy was eating red meat and then attaching it to his bot at that point. Anything's possible, really. Yeah, that was a weird moment when they keep mentioning the red meat. Red meat. Yeah, red that meat. was very Red odd. meat. Red meat. There are some <laughs> other unidentified robots as well. One that's 
just kind of really tiny cone. Looks a bit like a witch's hat. Mm-hmm. It's got this, like nipple on the top. It mm-hmm. doesn't do anything. Mm-mm. And there may be more. I can't count how many we've gone through. There are 16 robots, but we've just named all the ones that they actually name and describe. Yeah. They don't I mean, really describe any of these yeah, machines. I mean, but... this isn't actually a direct viewing of the competition. It's highlight reels and a documentary, I guess. At this point, can we just mention the music we've had to listen to this entire time? Oh, God, what a... Like, crazy rave techno from the 90s, constantly. And it, like, was all, like, really... It made the whole thing much eerier. It was, like, found footage horror and then techno music. Yeah, it seems like most of the footage we get is footage that didn't have any audio. So they've just put the music over the top. It's all, like, hand-cammed in. So some bloke with a camcorder. That's what it is. An old VHS camcorder. Most of the highlight reels are old VHS camcorder from the audience. Yeah. Shaky footage, zooms in, blurry, misses half of what's going on. Something big happens, so they their hand obviously jumps into the air and they, you can't see what's going on. Exactly. So I was like thinking, oh, this is really indie, it's underground, it's independent, it's gritty. And then we get to see the posters in the background, which I assume are the sponsors. Yeah. Atari Jaguar. And that gives you an idea of what year we're talking about. If you can't remember 94 very clearly, and you'll say older than... How old was I then? Eight? No. When was I born? Seven. I was seven. That gives you an idea of, like, the time frame. And then also in the background, there was a Sega banner. Yep, big Sega banner. So this underground, independent, gritty robot fighting league is sponsored by two, at the time, massive video game companies. Yeah, and there's other companies that have banners around the edge as well, of which I have no idea what they actually are for, but they are companies. Yeah. So they've got numerous sponsorships going on whether those sponsors came with the arena though i don't know that might be a thing oh maybe maybe they sponsor the building yeah that might be a thing maybe although the guests uh, uh, as well though you could say atari and sega they are tech based yeah yeah and this was a coming together of people who just obsess over tech so there was a lot of people actually, there there was there was like they sold it out at a thousand people that's yeah, a not thousand a small the audience. audience yeah and when we see backstage it looks rammed yeah like, it's not like today where people <laughs> Where, yeah, there are a lot of people walking around, but if you want to work on your machine, you've got space to do it. Hmm. It's like really cramped. Those these poor people are trying to put their machines together. And any footage outside of the, the arena, you know, like literally outside the building, there was just loads of fans everywhere and they were going nuts. Proper nuts. Like, I want to see dis- pure destruction. Yeah. They're going to be so disappointed. They were so bloodthirsty. It's a cool atmosphere to be in. I'd be like, I'd been in my element there. Well, speaking cool. about outside the arena. Yes. Let's talk about the giant quadruped thing if you got a horse and cut its head off did that kind and of turned size. It into a robot skeleton it was that very slowly and methodically on four legs crawling forward like probably taller than a car we had no idea what it was at first we're thinking well, hey could this be some sort of rudimentary house bot but we find out the answer to that later but it turns out that the machines that lose then get stepped on by this giant monster <laughs> robot. Or at least at least one machine well, got stepped yeah. on. I think it was Beetle we saw, because there was just wooden thing everywhere. But Possibly, yeah. It, was, yeah. it just steps on, that's it. Now that is terrifying. In the dark, seeing that coming at you would be horrible. It would be horrifying. It, Luckily, yeah, a brisk yeah. walk could get could yeah, of escape. You could outrace it, but <laughs> you'd, it'd still be brown trousers day on that one. It was oh God. horrible. Speaking of housebots, though, that is not the housebot. That's the punishment. The housebot, we do actually find out, is simply the housebot. The house robot. Mm. That's its name. There is a house robot in 1994, and it's a... <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I wrote down a nickname for it as Big Red. That's a good name for it. Mm-hmm. It's a pyramid slash dome shaped robot. I think a pyramid with smooth curved, smooth edges all around it. Moves like a Henry Hoover. Yeah, that's a really you know good what I mean? analogy for it. Yeah. Its weapon is brilliant. It's brilliant is what it is. So it's like these two arms... And these two arms are out in front of it. I don't know why I'm doing the motion with my arms. No you one can't see. see what he's doing. No but... one can see me. 
imagine like putting your hands out in front of you, your arms out, making a big circle with them, and then locking your fingers together. Mm-hmm. And your hands are now the weapon. It looks like just a flap of paper. Yeah, it's imagine seems to be quite strong. Imagine doing that, but then imagine that you're double jointed and you can throw your arms all the way over your head and right to your back. Oh yes, 180 degree. 180 flipper. degree flipper is basically what this machine is. It's very hard to describe. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like it's made of plastic. It never takes any damage. Well, it does a bit, but it never takes any major damage. But it's, it's much bigger than the rest of the bots, more or less. Yeah, it's, it is the house robot. It's not in yeah. the competition. Yeah. It does get successful flips and stuff on. To hell with bring back Bash. Let's bring back the house robot. Well, exactly. The ma- house robot. Just a massive flipper. The house robot. This is the king. This is the original house robot. It's the original. This is where it started. <laughs> so it's so crazy to see these designs because there's nothing aesthetic about it, is there? It's not made to look like our house robots that we know and love. They're so cleverly designed to look. They look like things, but not in a cheap or tacky way. Yeah, personality. Exactly. This is just a red cone <laughs> with a flipper that looks out of place on it. The flipper looks like a, a leather belt. They could have put, a, they could have painted something on it. <laughs> they could, you know, menacing looking eyes. Yeah. That would have done it. Anything, anything that would have implied that it's got any sort of personality or anything to it. It literally is just a red cone with a out of place flipper. And that is the original house robot, as far as we know. That's it. Well, this is the first Robot Wars event. Oh, well, in that case, yes. This is definitely the first <laughs> house robot. This is it. This is where it's all started. And this is the very, very first house robot. What I found interesting was that it was broken down into events. It wasn't just one-on-ones or four-on-fours or right. random brawls. There is a competition and there is events you have to go through, much like original series of Robot Wars over here. You know, Gauntlet Trial. I suppose rather than talk about each video we see, since they cover almost the exact same thing, mm-hmm. I guess we'll try to go through what the events were. So it looks like we get different weight classes have some one-on-ones. Which what- was called Face Off. Face Off, yeah. Face Off. After that, it was the Escort Escort. Round. This was where we were introduced to the house robot. Yep. The escort round, you've got a very, very tiny white woodlouse shaped robot that is defenseless, mm-hmm. and you have to escort it across the arena mm-hmm. past the house robot without it being damaged to get see yes. how far you can get past the finish line. Exactly. Very similar to what you'd see in a trial of uh, old robot wars on TV. Absolutely, it's completely bonkers. Uh, the house robot just basically flips everything out of its way. And completely terrorises the oh, tiny yeah. little drone the, bot. The footage we get of this, we who who knows who won? There might be records online of who won what event, but from just the footage, which is all we've seen of it, mm-hmm. I don't even know if everyone competed in the um, in this event. It just seems like the house robot mostly dominated it. Yeah, and then once you've got through that, you end up in the melee. All the robots that still worked just <laughs> they just fight. Plus the house robot. Well, they just fight and then like halfway through, I'm guessing they thought this is never going to end. They just put the house robot in there. In there. He trashes everything. House robot has an arm of his flipper torn off. And becomes a spinner. And then all of a sudden just decides to become some sort of like mace wielding spinning bot and just starts nuking bots with his broken spinner hanging off him. This spinner arm can't weigh more than, God, a couple of kilos. Surely it's tiny this this is a flap but it was backhanding smaller bots out of the way like nothing yeah exactly it was like raising your arm out in front of you and spinning around yeah but it was just launching <laughs> things around it was so strange it, it the was... melee itself was uncommentatable you yeah. there is no way we could possibly well, say what happened you remember like at the end of the first series of robot wars where they just got all of the winners and just threw them in the arena it's that it was that basically considerably worse and this one particularly felt like it was more a case of just waiting to see whose battery lasted the longest yeah as opposed to who would actually <laughs> kill the other should we talk about some battle highlights i guess again we don't see every battle that happens and no. there's only if one or two we actually know the result of the the main focus of all of these videos was m- mostly put on the master versus beetle that was the big fight and well, i think it was yeah. the only heavyweight fight yeah or one of 
two or three heavyweight fights. But it did appear to deliver. It's the only one that was what was promised for the time in 1994 mm-hmm. especially that actually had some form of destruction and competitiveness to mm-hmm. it. Beetle, big, wooden, pushing power, basically mm-hmm. for the time. The master, weapon on wheels, yep. and actually an effective weapon as yep. well, like a serious weapon that can cut through wood very nicely. Yep, which is perfect. The whole match was almost like a sumo match. They were both just pushing on each other yeah. in the middle. But because of the saw clashing with uh, Beetle's little protruding weapon thing, there was just constant shower of sparks in all directions. Yeah, metal on metal, and the sparks were very intense for a long time. Yeah. Every now and then, Master would get a few chops in through the wood. I think it ends with Beetle pushing Master into the arena wall. And I guess that counts as elimination because it managed to actually pin Master up against the wall, kind of like rendering it unable to fight back. Yeah. I don't know, it's hard to say really. The rules, again, are very up in the air. I don't know if there were judges. I don't know if there's a time limit on matches. They say the melee lasted 10 minutes, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Could you imagine? It's very hard to tell what counts as a win or a loss. Mm. We know that there was a draw. We'll get to that match mm-hmm. later on. That was different weird yeah but the master versus the beetle match of the night i guess yeah we might (laughs) call it match of the night i don't know (laughs) the closest thing we have to a proper fight really yeah more or less there isn't two robots randomly swinging around (laughs) hoping to make contact with something other big featured fights they seem to really like andy roid versus satoru special that one's featured on like almost every video it's mostly because of Andy Roy's performance, I think, because it just kind of ran around the arena looking hilarious. Yeah. And then and they replay this several times, but in the arena, they've got, what is it, like just a ball and chain hanging from the ceiling? Acting as a pendulum, I guess. Yeah, and it just swings back and forth. It gets a good run up and then smacks the hat right off Andy Roy's head. <laughs> yeah, it proper bashes his head It in. looks like it probably like is concussioning this bot. <laughs> Perfect timing. I think it's a huge cheer as yeah. well. So, like, I know it's like a comedy moment, but it's awesome. That's the only bit they really had to feature from this match. They show, like, the whole thing. And Is this the only happened. one they actually sh- yeah. shot full footage of or yeah. something? They picked the wrong fight, really, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> I suppose Satoru Special does use its jet propulsion a few well, times. Well, it tries to. I don't know. Was it just fireworks? I think it was just CO2 that was supposed to shoot it forward. Again, for what? I simply don't know. I guess it's all experimental at this stage. It's the first Robot Wars. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's trying something completely different. Yeah. And I also noticed with this robot is, what are the wheels made of? Because everywhere it goes, it leaves a trail, like it's scratching the surface of the floor. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? As if the wheels were made of saws, like that saw wheel robot. Oh God, (laughs) the saw wheel robot we never got to see function. Other battles we see, we see highlights from the South Bay Mauler, versus x1 which seems to mostly consist of x1 just running into south bay mauler south bay mauler spinning flails don't seem to do much damage no at the time probably a good idea but actually when it actually comes to the fight it's like it loses the match it gets flipped by x1 so x1 gets our first ever flip victory Uh, a fairly effective flip as well yeah so we're seeing some some developments there you can see why people went with flippers yeah for a long time and to this day still a very effective weapon definitely i think that might be the only sets of ones one-on-ones we see no I, no actually i'm wrong i'm sure we see something with spiny norman i mean we saw, I can't believe i'm they, saying that. they covered spiny norman a lot in the um in the melee because spiny norman lost its spiny shell and revealed its inner workings and it was basically just remote control car from the yeah, 90s a naked remote control car exactly that just gets like i think it gets walked over and crushed it gets absolutely destroyed so that was the end of old spiny spiny norman oh there's another map battle we see mm-hmm. so unnamed tank robot okay yeah let's talk about that <laughs> faces off against the forklift one tiny tim now this unnamed tank robot is exactly as it sounds. It is literally the shape of a tank, except the barrel fires out. What does it fire out, does it? Just a spike suddenly protrudes from it and then retracts. Yep, that's it. It's a stabbing weapon. It's I a guess. stabbing weapon. Yeah. It's pretty cool. The way the 
like I said, the barrel actually aims. It's, yeah, it's like a tank. And, like the top actually turns, and uh, they actually have to very focus and aim it. And I think it does actually get a full blown javelin shot through the other bot at one point. Yeah, forklift bot, tiny Tim. <laughs> the, the like the top shell does come off at some yeah. point, thanks to the very basic hits from tank bot. I guess I'm just calling Tankbot Tankbot. I don't think we were ever introduced as to what Tankbot was called. No, Tankbot it is then. I mean, it's difficult to review this because all the while you're watching all of this footage and you have to go on YouTube and actually watch this, you just get all of this like stock music in the background and it's just like bad rock bands producing music specifically to play in the background of adverts yeah. and stuff. And constant cuts to crowd shots or random backstage stuff during the mm. middle of matches which i'm guessing is yeah. just where they've stopped recording for a bit at one point it cuts to the medical staff and the music finally stops and the person holding the camera goes something along the lines of what accidents are you expecting and the medical staff just go cut finger and then it goes back to the noise of just you know what let's talk about this for a second now they expected a cut finger Sorry, but the safety of this event. <laughs> there was no safety standards in this event. At one point, uh, Beetle is stuck on the side of the arena and some guy just sort of leans over and starts pushing it back into the arena again. He starts by kicking it. Just leaning over and kicking it. The other bot, which is, I think it was Random Tank Bot or something, starts approaching and trying to stab it. And the guy starts shouting at that bot. Like, oh, don't you, don't, don't start- you come near me when I'm trying to get in this arena and kick this bot back into battle. And it's like, what? There is no safety standard. None. Let's talk about the arena. Okay, let's go through what the arena has. So cool. It's <laughs> two mm. goalposts. Yeah, is it like literal goals, like those tiny goals that you could get for the garden, but they just flatten down and then come back up? They're supposed to catch them out. They're supposed to be a net. Yeah. that catches robots. Like fly swatters just coming down and then going back up again. And then in the middle is the pendulum. Oh yeah, the big pendulum, which completely obliterates Andy Royd's face. And then along the side are the, I quote, pneumatic flippers. <laughs> they are not. <laughs> it's, it's, they're Even more like <laughs> to those things. Yeah, it's more like if someone got like a ruler and just started waving it at you. Yeah, those, something like those, that, you know? <laughs> those um, like plastic rulers that were flexi, the flexi yeah. rulers. Giant versions of them are on the side of the arena and they just wave. They're just back and forth. Just flapping away. Like those toy snakes that you can... (laughs) (laughs) And every now and then they'll hit a robot and do absolutely nothing whatsoever. They they don't even move the small robots. I don't know why they're there. But they've got a guy backstage controlling them because we actually get to see him later. And he's got a little remote control box with the names of the weapons at the top and he's just pressing the buttons. (laughs) What a cool thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) And then around the arena is a, what, two, maybe three foot basic barricade. And then the audience are literally hanging over the edge of that barricade on their chairs. There are moments where people are putting their arms out to touch the robots whilst whilst, they're fighting. Whilst they're fighting. Yep. Can you imagine if they did that to the master with that saw. <laughs> Someone would lose a hand. And a life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Some of these weapons are pretty basic. And yes, there's there's not too much danger here in general. But, but all it takes yeah. is for the house robot to flip one into out of the arena. Yeah. Or... Well, imagine if he flipped... Um, <laughs> spine spine spiny out into the audience... <laughs> Spines first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would literally kill someone. You'd just get a face full of metal spikes. It's horrific. I can't believe that actually... They're not even... You put them at least a few feet away from the barricade. They're hanging over the edge of it. People have their arms over the edge of the arena. And are just... They're chilling, yeah. looking in. During the melee, where there's like eight of them all going crazy. Again, lucky that the master is not in there. There's still... What's his name? The South Bay Mauler. That spins and has flails on it. Yeah, it's probably not the most dangerous thing in the world. That's got flails with spikes on it. And then whilst it's spinning, that will cut your arm pretty heavily. Oh, if heavily. that broke off and flew into the audience, it'd still blind someone, Or if they it? just put their hand down to touch it, which well, they exactly. do and they can. No thought towards safety whatsoever. I can't believe we're sitting here like, and they did not have a single thought 
dedicated to the health and safety for the audience during this event. But there is a huge thing to notice when you're actually watching it. During the Discovery Channel coverage of it, the reporter at one point is looking into the arena with goggles on. I'm like, well, I suppose it's something. <laughs> but then the fight starts and he's taking them off. <laughs> so what are the goggles for? Oh, <laughs> like, my God. oh, these are annoying. I'll just take him off whilst the master soars into a wooden robot and the splinters fly off everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, that is pretty much the whole thing from start to finish. Let's try and go through the melee. <laughs> I don't know well, how we could even start. I'll do my but we best. We need to I mean, take, talk about our winner, I suppose. I mean, and first, <laughs> Robot Wars champion. Good point. So the first thing I wrote down was nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) Chaos. Absolute chaos. As we mentioned earlier, the house bot basically can flip any smaller bot there, but then eventually has its flipper broken off and just becomes some sort of spinning machine of doom. At one point gets stuck in the netting of the goalpost squashing devices. What am I trying to describe here? I don't know what's happening. I don't know what robots are immobilised. A lot of them seem to stop... And then after literally minutes, mm-hmm. just start moving again yep. and f- flailing around. They're all just hitting each other randomly. Nothing is doing any damage to anything, which is why I think the house robot comes in. Because it comes in like halfway through, as if they thought, this is terrible. We, we yeah, need to do something just to, to save speed things. things up a bit. Eventually, a winner is declared via some arbitrary rule <laughs> that they may have made up on the spot. I think the last one that was actually functioning, with the exception of the house robot, was mm-hmm. South Bay Mauler, and it's declared the first champion. Despite the fact it lost its one-on-one fight yeah. to X1, and nothing appeared to really happen in the melee, nope. I think 90% of the ones that were out, just their battery died. Yeah, I, I, I honestly it. believe yeah. that's all that happened. I think you're right. South Bay Mauler just happens to be still functioning, sort of. It's getting the absolute crap kicked out of it by mm-hmm. the house robot. And then they just stop the match and go, South Bay Mauler is your first Robot Wars champion. And that's it. Hey. And, they, and to put it into perspective, the guys come in, pick up South Bay Mauler with one hand and raise it above their head <laughs> and cheer. <laughs> oh, South Bay Mauler, the first ever Robot Wars champion. It was a spinner. <laughs> I guess. And it was kind of a spinner. It was sort of, maybe. <laughs> it was a like stretch. The bottom of a dustbin with a couple of flails on top. That's how they used to roll back in the nineties. We're talking the wild, wild west of robot wars. Everything's undiscovered. It really is just straight into the unknown. Everything's so it's hard to follow because it's it is like we're seeing video footage from whatever videotapes happened to survive from back then to like put it into context imagine a rugby match but it's the first one ever no one's developed tactics yet they're just running about the pitch throwing even the rules aren't set properly properly set in stone so it's just utter chaos that's this event that is what this event is to Robot Wars. And not only that, during the filming of it, they only filmed intermittently whenever via handheld camera in the audience with I mean, no audio. So all you hear is horrible music. All it is is promotional footage to try and get people to attend the events, I'm guessing. It's a, it's a yearly event, so I guess the next one, which would be 1995, mm-hmm. is, is a promotional thing. I mean, we know it gets better because we have Robot Wars and BattleBots now. Exactly. We know how much this evolves into, and we know that this is the most experimental phase of Robot Wars ever, the yeah. first one, because no one knew what they were getting into by the looks of it. By the looks of it, no one even knew what the weight classes were, what the rules were. It sounds like they just put up a couple of small posters around the city of San Francisco where it happened mm-hmm. that said, bring your fighting robots to so-and-so yeah. Build on a robot and June have it fight. 5th, whenever it may have been, who yeah. knows. And that was it. And, that's, and then the 16 people showed up and they just went with it. The way they decided who the champion was is, despite all of the one-on-one matches, they meant nothing in the end. It was right. just whatever robot worked at the end put them in a big melee and whoever wins that wins well they were probably thinking about the audience more than the actual competition i think so yeah all these people have paid tickets to see robots fight that's really what they had to do a thousand tickets sold as well means that 
that's a lot of potential. They there. didn't that's do a badly, lot. did that they? A thousand no. people coming in to see this yeah. when it's got no anything. It's like it wasn't promoted beforehand heavily. It would have been posters and word of mouth around the area. And God knows what they expected to see. I know, it's not exactly. like they can be shown footage of what no. it would, would have been before. They're told they're going to an event where robots will fight. And that's it. If someone wanted to watch this and get into it, watch the Discovery Channel Next Step video, which mm. on YouTube is just called Next Step. That's it. That's all, yeah. that's all that one's called. That is by far the best edited because it's done by the Discovery Channel for an actual television show. Yep. It makes it look a lot more exciting. Mm-hmm. The video quality is better. It has sound on the video so you can hear things like when the master and the beetle collide, you actually hear mm-hmm. the sparks come off. You get not commentary, but you get the reporter talking over it. You get actual chats with the roboteers or the robot warriors as they're called robot warriors the robot war- warriors yeah. i guess what makes sense it's robot wars they're let's robot bring warriors. that back <laughs> yeah hell yeah robot warriors i'm a robot warrior god damn it not a roboteer <laughs> <laughs> um that's when you see the people eating meat south bay mauler man eats some meat and then later on it just cuts to other guys going red meat red meat let's eat it and i don't know what they're eating it's kind of weird. It's red meat. It's just come out of this little horrible looking bag. I, like, I, I thought trust... he like just pulled it out of his pocket. It's just <laughs> I like, know. I've got some meat in here somewhere. I just... <laughs> here we go. Here it is. Bit for me, bit for the butt. And <laughs> it's moved on. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah. These it's... guys are, for the most part, absolute nutters. They're the people that answered the call to the very first robot wars. Exactly. Pioneers. They pioneered and it. And characters. And that's always been the great thing about robot wars. It's, you know, the people behind the robots are as interesting as the robots themselves and this, this has been from day one man from this, day one hey in this case they are more interesting than the robots themselves <laughs> that guy could have been a serial killer for we know where'd that meat come from <laughs> exactly he's feeding them to people yeah oh my god why is he hanging meat off his bot and then sending it into battle if a guy came you up were... to you in the middle of this really strange event where everyone's strangers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's all these people around, yeah. and he just pulls this little baggie out of his pocket and goes, do you want some of my meat? Do you want some meat? Got a robot. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's dude, so... there's already like an air of unknown around the event, and then you've got random red meat guy <laughs> appearing as well. Oh, at that point, I was sold. There's certainly nothing like it. But yeah, the Discovery Channel Next Step video, that's the one to watch. You can go without watching the highlight reels. They are hard to follow, chaotic, and horribly edited, whereas the Discovery Channel one, editing is everything, and for eight minutes worth of footage, you'll get a perfectly good idea of what happened. It does mention at the start of one of the highlight reels, it's like a, it's a, it's, there's an hour-long, like, program based on it but i yeah. do not see can't find it it's it's lost to wherever well, it, someone might have a link somewhere i mean that video mm. for next step by the discovery channel that was eight years ago that was uploaded onto youtube so something might be out there somewhere someone has a videotape out there yeah. somewhere with all the footage on because they clearly shot most of it the, yeah the way the discovery channel stuff's been edited they clearly had at least two or three professional cameras set up yeah, yeah. that they filmed everything with. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's only about 15, 20 minutes worth of footage overall from the professional cameras and the handheld camera. Mm-hmm. Footage from the professional cameras, there's not a lot of it. No. That's only in the Discovery Channel thing, and half of that is a reporter talking to you at the camera. 90% of what you will see if you want to watch all of it is handheld footage from the audience where did the original footage go there's obviously footage of this whole thing the problem is we're, we're talking about a product which at the time no one would have thought about too much about keeping the footage or anything or preserving anything for no if you tried to convince one of them that in 2017 we millions of people would be watching robot wars around the world they would have probably been like are you sure <laughs> it's niche you know it's 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 very niche and it's it's you know it's based around technology and it's a bit wacky and stuff like that try and explain to them that it's now you know a very highly competitive cutting edge thing is they wouldn't think about it would they yeah it was i mean we're talking something that was so niche at the time mm-hmm. <laughs> it's 
it couldn't have got any more any closer to being an underground thing yeah it's one of the cornerstones of bbc sunday nights now they'd be like you what really <laughs> there was a time where it was one of the most popular shows in the uk mm-hmm. at its absolute peak yeah and here we are watching something that even on youtube only has a couple of thousand views all hidden away there and we're some of those <laughs> and we are so i mean if anyone's better at youtube tomb raidering than we are and can find this old footage let us know yeah we like i said we found four videos two highlight reels mm-hmm. one promo package mm-hmm. and one from a discovery channel program called next step which was again more of a highlight reel thing yeah the, the original footage is probably not very exciting which is probably why there's probably not much to see but for the sake of it we really do want to see it what do you give that out of five then eh? <laughs> jesus <laughs> how can you rate that i mean I don't know it's so important the fact that it gained popularity from there on out, every year it got bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. I'm confident 95, 96, 97, and I think I think maybe 98, I'm not sure. It's only, it only goes on for a few more years as this like yearly live event. Mm. I'm sure they do get a lot better. Still very, very, very basic and primitive compared to what we're used to. It does get better purely basing it on what we've seen i mean it's like a one out of five it's nothing in terms of importance it's huge this is the first robot wars this is what made it popular but other than that it's it's not very entertaining to watch like i said we found four videos that grand total is maybe 40 minutes worth of footage if that and it's only worth watching eight minutes of that for the discovery channel one the rest of it's so poorly put together poor quality and mostly repeats of what you're going to see on Discovery Channel stuff anyway. So my recommendation, watch that one video, the next step one, and you'll have all you need to know about 1994 Robot Wars. By watching some crazy collage with techno music in the background and stuff like that. Just watch those videos. They're great. <laughs> oh, that's <is> so terrible. <laughs> oh, it's panic inducing. Okay, so it's unrateable because it's just a mishmash of random shots of retro bots colliding we won't try and analyze it any more than that it's just nice that we've spoken about it and it's there's some history started. and context there that's kind of cool to see it's legacy it's different so we've we've got a bit back to front about this but we should probably do some mailbag as well whilst we're in an episode you got some stuff let's go to mailbag let's go to mailbag instead of going to the twitter i've actually gone to the reddit Way, look at Wee. That. so under the BattleBots Reddit first, we had uh, someone point out that it's can't abide. Yeah, Should we, we talk s- about can't abide? Because it's haunting me. <laughs> oh, man, we made a real bugger up, didn't we? I think we got, immediately after uploading the last episode, free tweets from people pointing out it's can't abide. Apollo was saying can't abide. The Apollo team themselves tweeted us saying it's can't abide. Why did we not hear can't abide? For some reason, we thought it was Carter bide. Can't abide. Googled it. I thought he just misspoke. It, I think it was actually like ex-president Jimmy Carter. What's this? I don't know. I think it's just can't abide. Like the dude can't abide. Is that what the like gag was? I think it was a. I don't know. Was it like very subtle smack talk? I'm. I, I feel is, so yeah. naive and stupid for not giving it. I can't believe we didn't hear it. Oh, man. Oh, God. That's so embarrassing. It was... On the subreddit, it was Mad Dan with a box who pointed it out. So, Mad Dan with a box, you caught us out. Along with everyone else. Along with multiple other people. Uh, We've got a bit of an essay on the BattleBot subreddit as well from Spitfire AGZ. He's got some predictions. Let's hear him. Okay, so he, uh, I will read his post out, basically. Go for it. Because it's easier. Wildcard Sabretooth is the most powerful drum spinner in the competition, and despite its beating, it was fully functioning in the pits afterwards, so I'm not writing it off yet. That's a pretty cool prediction. Apollo being in the first heat filmed, I imagine, while being a lot of work, they could get it fully running. Again, not counting them out yet. It's a good point. In all fairness, Apollo kind of have the upper hand in becoming a wild card, being champions already. Cherub, honestly, there is a good chance of it getting through. However, I imagine its return would end up making the Robot Wars fans produce enough salt to melt a glacier. <laughs> I see it. Has a point. Pulsar, 
poor old Ellis ran out of ESCs. I don't think Pulsar could go on even if they wanted it to. That's a good point. That's a good point, yeah. The, yeah. the speed controller's getting burnt out all the time. Yeah. And then four, while not the best DAX bot, as you say, that's always going to be the two-time UK champion terahertz. I genuinely think it is the best machine to choose. It wasn't in bad shape at the end of the show. It wasn't too badly damaged as concussion, which I do like. Does seem to be the weakest heavyweight drum spinner. Four coming back a second time as wildcard. I don't think that's likely. Anything can happen. Anything can Wars. happen. As for the final matchup, he says, I think it's going to be Ironside versus Carbide with Ironside winning. Bold prediction. Ironside winning? Ironside mm. winning. I don't think Ironside will struggle too much with most of the other finalists. Eruption would be their main concern. And Carbide is deadly and well-driven. I think at the end, though, the Ironside will win overall in a similar way to how it beats Supernova. Its bar is mounted quite high and has a lot of reach, and I think it'll hit Carbide's weapon hub and break it or the chain so Ironside becomes Series 9 champion. And then he admits that he's wrote us in an essay and apologises. But that, <laughs> but that was that is nice to get a very large, long, concise list of predictions there. So what do you reckon? I know what happens. I know, and it's really difficult to talk to you about it. <laughs> what am I supposed to say to that? There's his predictions. So I what, know. What, do you, what do you think's going to happen, Rob, who's already been there? Oh, man. I mean, I can see what he means about four being suitable for the role, but I don't think they're going to put four in again, despite four being really popular with the crowd. Thor's always been a popular, yeah. very cool robot. I'm saying this, and as I'm saying it, I'm like, but it can happen. I, I would say it's my l- least likely bot to come back as the wild card, but at the same time, it's very suitable to come back. He's right about Pulsar. Pulsar might be out for technicality, not technicality, for technical reasons. Uh, Cherub. Cherub's actually got a really high chance of coming back, and he's right. The salt levels would be dangerously high, but Cherub was you know not survivor a survivor not that badly beaten up just seems to tank lots of hits and keep going apollo kind of i don't want to say they're entitled to it but they are last year's champions the problem is if they do put them in for that reason then they're setting a precedent that last year's champions if they get to a finals are entitled to come back and they don't want to get into that kind of habit they did perform well though outside of facing carbide they they did they did but i think if they did get chosen as wild card it could end up with a very predictable final of carbide chewing apollo up again but you don't know again you don't know you literally this is just just off the cuff talk and sabertooth sabertooth's great there's not much else to say about it it's it's a great bot and would actually probably be really good choice is are you thinking sabertooth the more the more you think about it. Yeah, yeah. I like I like Sabretooth as a choice. It's all possible. See, I'm looking at your face and I'm looking for a hint and I'm not getting it. <laughs> so There is a poll up on Reddit, actually, at the moment for um, the wild card. How's that going? Um, I have to vote to see and there's no point in me voting. So I will vote for us and I vote for... Who you think as opposed to who you want. So it's actually got to be who I think will be. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a wild card. It's a poll. Like, what do, you, what do you actually think will happen? Okay, so I think they'll go with Cherub. So okay. put Cherub. Okay, we'll put Cherub. So the top at the moment mm-hmm. is Thor. Really? That sounds like people are putting down what they want as opposed to what they think will happen. Then Apollo. There you go. Then Pulsar. Right. Then Cherub. See, people are putting down what they want, not what they think's likely Then Sabretooth. Yeah, uh, you see, this is why you can't trust the polls, man. Interesting to see people putting that, though. That, that, well, in all fairness, I think a lot of people would rather see Thor come back. Because it's Thor. A great roboteer. Great robot. Robot warrior. Robot warrior. Speaking of the subreddit, we've got um, a couple of comments from the last upload. Joe Fraser Hellraiser says, got to say, I'm a fan of the podcast now. Thank you, Joe Fraser Hellraiser. That's fun to say. So really I just <laughs> wanted to say his username because it's it cool to say. And... uh Electrolyte 77 says, always a joy to listen to. Keep up the good work. We will keep up the good work after this episode where we've had to try and review some collaged mess from 94. Yeah, I, this episode's going to be a real mess. If listening to this episode is confusing and a mess, it's because that's exactly what Robot Wars 1994 was. 
big time. He represents it perfectly. If this episode comes out well, that's worrying. Because oh, clearly we weren't talking about the right event. <laughs> so I think that's it for the mailbag this week, isn't it? I think most of the others are just people on Twitter telling us it's can't abide. Not can't yeah, abide. <laughs> we've, we've got a couple of them. Andrew Patterson gives us a cool life pro tip. When watching a recording on-demand TV, just rewind and then turn on subtitles when you can't make out something said verbally. Ah, but we Hashtag did... Carterbide. <laughs> Hashtag Carterbide. There's no God escaping it. <laughs> In defence, we didn't think we misheard it. We thought we heard Carterbide and therefore were wondering what that meant. We didn't realise we misheard it. If we That's thought true. we misheard it, then maybe that would have been a good option. That is true. You've got to know you've made the mistake before you can rectify the mistake. Carterbide. <laughs> oh, I can't believe it. It haunts my every waking moment at the... Ah. <laughs> Moving on briefly, uh, Lewis McKenzie says, Cherub would be my choice of wildcard because every other heat finalist is mangled and Cherub can take spinner damage. And then, of course, Carbide to win. <laughs> Shock. So, I mean, there's making some good points. I know Cherub wasn't popular because it was a very... um what would you say generic bot it was kind of a, a very steady pusher with defense bot yeah it had weapons to a degree but they were just very slow raising it's a show bot it was yeah it was literally built to do a handstand yeah it's very built very well yeah. to do a handstand i like cherub because i like robots that can take spinner yeah fights and actually make them last longer and compete against them so it'd actually be kind of cool to see whether cherub can tank a carbide hit or two or three yeah good point <laughs> oh with the way it was finishing apollo off in the last episode like five or six in a row <laughs> yep that was horrific so there we go we've got some predictions there i mean it's difficult maybe maybe you shouldn't attend um the live recordings ever again ha! because it's making my life difficult <laughs> You're making yours because i'm difficult. responsible for all the predictions and you can genuinely sit there and just blankly watch me make terrible predictions that are utterly inaccurate. It's the nature of predictions, man. I think they're going to choose Cherub to be the wild card, and I think Carbide's going to take the win. I've got to say, for the wild card, it is a close one this year. Last year, everyone was saying Thor, and it was it was Thor. Oh, it had to be This Thor. year, yeah. people have strong arguments for basically everyone. Have we, have we heard anyone not be argued for you've no, heard no you're right i yeah. mean other than pulsar much loved pulsar fan favorite pulsar but also having you know taken a bit of a pounding and had all these technical problems as well so so i suppose you could take pulsar out of the equation apollo i still kind of feel like it would please the casual you know the the viewers wouldn't it to see apollo come back and get a a second try at retaining the championship. But I think it also set a dangerous precedent for series going forward. Mm, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I think, I think most likely Cherub. Very interesting. Very interesting stuff. You say that, you know, I know. Yeah. yeah. Shall we wrap up this mess of an episode there? What a bonus episode. Our first one. God, what, what a choice <laughs> of event to do. <laughs> Oh. I can't believe what we just went through. I know. We're supposed to be playing Resident Evil 7. <laughs> we should be playing Resident Evil 7 right now. Instead, we've been watching nightmare footage. <laughs> Boy, it's, it sets the tone. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> I don't know what would be scarier. <laughs> okay, shall I wrap it up? Yeah. Okay, you can find us on Twitter at Podcast Activate because someone already had at Activate Podcast and we aren't bitter about it at all. I'm going to direct message that guy and I'm going to be like, dude, give us our tag. We also have an email, activatepodcast at gmail.com. If you tweet or email us anything, we will absolutely, definitely, 100% read it out unless, you know, it's strong language or controversial content or has simply no relation to anything whatsoever like don't tweet us like uh, your favorite topping for toast is jam because that's <laughs> we won't I, read that out i might <laughs> also uh leave comments on the reddits and as you can tell we go on that a lot uh yeah we'll read out anything you post as well and we will catch you 
on the next one where we will finally get back on track when Robot Wars is back on TV for the grand final. Send in your predictions for wildcard and winner and go nuts. I like it when we say nuts in the contents of Robot Wars because I always like, yeah, nuts. Go nuts. I'm cheering them on. Yeah. (laughs) All right. See you later. See ya.